welcome to another episode of Bitter and Jaded. I'm your host, Joshua Scott, and today I have with me a man who can really light up a room. My friend Will. What's up, bud? Oh, that was a phenomenal introduction. Light up a room. I love it. Light up your life. <laughs> it was, uh, see, I had so many. It was light up your life, light, dude, light up phenomenal. my life, and I was yes. like, I'm just, I want to keep it, you know, keep it nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is so great. Uh, I will light up a room. Yes, yeah, sir. That's, well, let's light this room up, man, and tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so so my name is Will. Uh, I, uh, I live here in, in, in Springfield, Georgia. Uh, and I'm actually a little bit farther away from there right now. Uh, but yeah, so I do lighting sound production work for a living. Uh, and I've been doing that for going on 17, 18 years now. And it's uh, it's a fun business to be in. I get to kind of see a big gambit of, uh, of different live events and, and different things. Uh, so it's it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. good. Well, yeah. COVID. Oh, well. <laughs> As you can imagine with the live event world. Yeah, uh, yeah. All of a sudden, we were banned. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing funner than your government being like, hey, by the way, you don't have a business yeah, anymore. you can't do your job. Yeah, We're giving man. it all to Zoom. <laughs> well, now you got to light up some Zoom calls, man. And get some uh, ring lights. That's you, what they use. You know, it, they do. They do use <laughs> ring lights. Uh, and it's funny because that's been kind of the challenge is, is trying to get people to understand that, that you should still kind of put some sort of quality into your Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's gotten so used to that shit where it's like, I'm just going to sit in my desk at yeah. home and it's fine. Like, yeah. There's a bright ass window behind me and my face is totally dark, but <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Put some light on you. Grab, yeah, a, man. grab a lamp. There you go. That's Make, all I'm looking for. Shut a window. <laughs> shut a window, you know, like be intentional. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So tell me, what is your career? So you, you said you're in live events. What does that mean? Yeah. So uh, if you've ever been to a concert uh, or a lame seminar or a fun seminar, uh, that's kind of what I do. So I, I handle the technology aspects of it. Uh, it's something that in my mind, it brings people together. It's, uh, you know, in the words of the, the way that our company works, it's educate, communicate and entertain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's using technology to do that. So basically where I, where I started was, was in the, the, the stagehand side of it. Uh, and right now what I do is I sell the projects. So I'm looking for the clients that have those types of gigs, those type of concerts, those types of corporate events, and I'm helping them design their vision for what they want that event to look like. Uh, And if that's something where they're marketing to people, they're trying to sell a product, uh, then I may help design how that product is showcased. Mm. Uh, If they are trying to, you know, display information to their company or to their, their buyers, uh, you know, I build what that set looks like and how to engage their audience. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha, man. That's, that sounds fun. Yeah. It is fun. It is 100% fun. I get to play with really cool toys. Yeah. Uh, I, I get to play with some really cool budgets. And uh, <laughs> and I get to put stuff together that when people walk into a room, they go, oh, shit, look at this place. Yeah, man. Uh, There's something about it. You know You know, a show's going to be good when it looks good when you walk in. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, that's what, and that's why I'm in lighting. Yeah. Because uh, if it sounds good, yeah. oh, well, it yeah. was supposed to sound good. Yeah. Uh, if it looks good, people talk about that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And, oh, I, and yeah. I started out wanting to be an audio guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and after the first couple of uh, first couple of years, and it was actually earlier than that, but I still ran audio for a long time. But after the first couple of years, it became obvious that the that the audio guy was just a guy. And while it's supposed to sound good, uh, no one ever says like, "Man, that was a great sounding show." Like yeah. the, the band was good. Yeah. Um. You know, but but with the lighting side, you got to actually kind of evoke an emotional response in people yeah 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 yeah. Uh, at least in my opinion so how long you been doing it let's see i was i was 15 so it's been uh, 17 years wow. almost 18 years nice man um, nice 
So you just woke up one day and was like, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to be a light man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I no, woke up one day and was like, give me some gaff tape. I'm going to tape some wire. Uh, no. So it was actually, it was more organic than that. Uh, it was a really weird story. It actually all started when I was a lifeguard. Okay. Uh, at a pool. Uh, known for their lighting pools. <laughs> known for lighting pools. Uh, yeah, never killed somebody with electricity, <laughs> but it's known to happen. Uh, no, I was actually I was lifeguarding at a pool when I was uh, when I was fifteen, and some members of the pool uh, were some friends of mine that I went to school with at that point. They were members of a local church, uh, and so I started going to church with them as part of their youth group. And the, this was one of the the Southern Baptist churches that were real big into production. So mm. they had a, a band on stage, and they had contemporary worship styles, and they had a, a lighting system and an audio system. And I immediately was kind of drawn to that because I, I have a background in, in music. I, I was a I am a piano player, and, and I play all kinds of other random random objects. Uh, so I, I immediately was drawn to the the production side of it, and started setting up their audio systems and their lighting systems, and learning a little bit about it. And uh, then my my father and my mom were they were good friends with the the guy that owns the company that I work with. They saw that I was interested in it, mm. and they made a phone call and said, "Hey, I've got this 15 year old. He doesn't know anything, but he's running some lights over at this church that we don't know anything about because my parents did not go to church there. <laughs> uh, they were not Southern Baptists. <laughs> Whoa." <laughs> They weren't real happy about any of that, but, but either way, uh, they made a phone call. The guy said, you know what? I'll put you in touch with somebody that, that works in our event rental department and, uh, and we'll see what we can do. And, uh, so that, I guess that was, I just turned 16 or 15. I'm not sure. Uh, and he said, you know what? We'll put you out on some shows and see how you do. Uh, so my mom dropped me off on Broughton street, oh. like downtown Savannah, nice. uh, for it was SCAD international festival. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a gig that required the largest sound system that, the company owned at that point. And there were two guys there that I'd never met before. I'm a 15 year old with long hair like yours. Uh, a goatee. Yeah. Looking good. Looking good. Like I was ready to roll. I put on a black shirt. I had some boots. They were yeah. steel toe. That was all I was told I needed. And, uh, and I spent two days with these guys. I did the international festival with them. And then we left there and we went to Charleston and did a Cajun festival. And, uh, I never left. <laughs> nice, man. Never nice. left. It became a summer job that kind of warped into a full time, uh, while I was still in high school job. And then when I graduated high school, uh, I went on full time with them and kind of cycled through various departments. Yeah. Uh, I've done a little bit of everything over there. Yeah. So you don't need any like special, at least you personally didn't need any special education to do what you're doing. It's no. just like a, like experience type thing. It's an experience type thing. Okay. Uh, you know, there are some schools out there, uh, uh-huh. that, that do specialize in live event production and audio production technology and lighting and things like that. Uh, but a lot of our business is built around people that just showed up for work. <laughs> uh, I mean, it really is. It's one of those where uh, a lot of it is very much, uh, you get on a call list to be a hand yeah. to push road cases. Yeah. And you find something that you like about pushing those road cases and coiling those cables and working until 2 or 3 Uh a.m. And you start kind of picking up on the things that that make you happy. Um, And and it's a weird business. I mean, it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of hours. uh, And it's, it's, it's a lot of stress. But... But yeah, no, it didn't take any kind of special education for me, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of the people that have the special education are ones that I end up having to retrain. <laughs> that's that's kind of everywhere you go, man. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, you know, and there's a joke in the industry about it, but uh, but we're not going to name any names about that college. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you say you use a lot of equipment. What kind of equipment do you, like, use? 
Um, so, so me as a, as a lighting designer and engineer, uh, my primary focus and what I was using were, we're going to be moving light fixtures, intelligent light fixtures. So mm-hmm. when you go to a concert and you see a light that's moving all over the place and going from here to here and it's making all the cool beam effects, yeah. uh, that would be, you know, kind of the fixtures that I'm working with and I'm, I'm programming. Okay. And then we have, uh, dimmers that, that use with, uh, with what we call a conventional fixture, which is just a fixture that stays in one place. Uh, and it's got a gel filter on it that is a different color mm-hmm. and you have dimmers that control each of those individual fixtures uh so back in the day they had what they called 120k rig and that was kind of the standard rock and roll rig for lighting (laughs) for fucking ever there are people that still run that rig yeah uh and it's made up of 120 fixtures okay uh and each fixture is a thousand watts of power so it's 120,000 watts it's a 120k rig <laughs> and then you would have dimmers that control each of those individual fixtures and those are all tied to a lighting console uh that nowadays is mostly controlled by computers and things of that nature but back in the day it was a, a ton of resistors and and all kinds of crazy shit that made it happen uh-huh. um but then i have a lighting console that i program out what i want the looks to look like whether that's multiple cues if i'm doing a theater show or if i'm setting it up so that i can run uh, all the different fixtures and a dub- number of different configurations on the fly, uh, where if I don't know who the band is uh, and I just have to kind of go with it with the music, yeah, then I set it up to where I can uh, I can control everything with my fingertips nice. to make a cool looking show. That's pretty cool. And with player. moving lights and things like that, it's fun because you're you're programming in positions and you're programming in uh, gobo movements or different types of gobos which are patterns that are inside the fixture that make the different types of beams and you're programming in different colors and strobes and and things like that and you're putting them all graphically in front of you so that at any point in time as you're feeling the music and you're kicking yeah. you know you can hit a movement change and then you can throw the strobe on and then hit the crowd blinders and just really fuck everybody up yeah um, you know so that that's the kind of equipment on the lighting side you know uh, a lot of it is going to be audio based so we're using a lot of digital audio consoles um that are really nice and, and full of features. I haven't been in audio in a while, so I haven't gotten real proficient with the digital stuff. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the analog shit you throw it in front of me, I will figure it out all day long. Like the little thing with knobs over there. Yeah. I can make that work. Yeah. yeah I know yeah. how that happens. <laughs> um, with the digital things, it, it starts getting into, into pages and pages of things on a screen mm-hmm. uh, that you really got to know your way around to make it happen. Um, they're super robust. They're super cool. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I haven't gotten to that point. But we've got giant speaker systems that are, you know, meant for 10, 15, 20,000 people. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the video side, LED walls, man. Everybody wants an LED wall. <laughs> you know, everybody has seen that billboard driving down the road that's just bright as shit. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a lot of what we do as well. You know, the video packages where that's we're putting awesome, out cameras, man. we're putting out LED video walls, big ass projectors. Uh, you know, projection mapping where we are taking projection and shooting it on the side of like the Weston hotel. Uh-huh. You know, we did a big Christmas show for the Weston across the river on Hutchinson Island, where we, we covered the entire side of that hotel uh, with projection. And we had a content creator that I worked with named Kevin Canavan. He's a phenomenal guy. Um, he built some specialized content that was actually mapped to the building so that, you know, the building would look like it's melting. Oh, that's uh, so cool. You know, or like different windows and doors would open. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've done the same thing downtown, uh, on Broaden Street for a couple of different, uh, couple of different years. Uh, and that's always a fun one because people look at that shit and they go, yeah, do that. I'm just gonna be like, oh man, it's just two projectors and a computer, man. It's super easy. Yeah, uh, but no, you're gonna need to pay me to make it happen. <laughs> so, what's like the coolest piece of tech you've had a chance to use? Is there something that's just like, oh man, they oh, let hell, me touch man. this, dude? <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's a uh, oh, 
there's so many. Yeah, it um, sounds like there's so many. The coolest piece of tech. Uh, so so interestingly, uh, it's actually not really an AV piece, um, and it's uh, it's old. Uh, and it's weird that this even came to my mind. So it's called a, a Mellotron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard of a Mellotron. Nope. Uh, so a Mellotron was like the original synthesizer keyboard. Uh-huh. And uh, instead of having like a, a computer chip or a processor inside of it or a number of different filters and combs and, and, and little b- bits of electronics that make the sound the way they sound, each key was attached to like a piece of tape. Uh, like a like a like a like a cassette tape. Oh yeah, yeah. And what they would do is they would record the sounds that you wanted to create on each of those pieces of tape. So every time you pressed the key, what it was doing was activating a spring lever mechanism that would drag that piece of tape across the head to and play it would, that sound. to make that sound. Oh, cool. So each Mellotron, you you would basically have multiple tape sets, and you could change it out. Uh, so I think Strawberry Fields uh, yeah. by the Beatles that that was done with a Mellotron, and, and it's weird because the only reason that I had the opportunity to play with one of these things was uh, I had a company from California call me one day, and they are a backline company, and backline is uh, it encompasses the equipment on stage for a band, so it's the amplifiers, it's the guitars, it's the drum set. Yeah, and he calls from California and says, "Hey, uh, we just had a studio go bust. Uh, they're real close to where you guys are." And they, we, we need to get our shit back. And, <laughs> and they've got this Mellotron unit that they've had from us for a couple of years on, you know, long-term lease. And uh, we can't get a truck there for another, you know, couple of weeks. Is there any chance you'd be willing to go and pick it up from this studio that we are repossessing this from uh, and bring it back to your shop and store it? Cool. Uh, just long enough for us to get a truck down there to pick it up. And I said, well, sure, for a price. <laughs> And they said, all right, cool, give us the prize. I gave them the prize. Everything's fine. So we showed up to get this thing. And I had never seen one before, never heard of one before. I had done some Googling because yeah. they said Mellotron. And I was like, oh, well, like, yeah. like fit on a truck? <laughs> yeah. How much does it weigh? Yeah. Uh, and so we went and picked it up. And this thing was, I think it was like serial number like zero one two. Like it was like the 12th <laughs> unit ever made yeah. in existence. <laughs> um, and there's only a couple of companies that I think there's actually only one company that actually owns the rights to continue building them the way that they, they made them originally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went and picked it up and uh, it's in rough shape. <laughs> I, I guess it works. I don't know if it works when I get there, uh, but it comes back to my shop. And the first thing I do is start taking covers off. <laughs> <laughs> what makes this thing tick? Yeah. Uh, and so it was just a really neat experience because it wasn't something that I would have ever normally been involved yeah, with. Yeah, that's super rad. And it, it, it kind of had a history to it. And you know, I don't know that that unit had ever been used for anything famous or exciting. Yeah. Um, but just the idea behind what that piece of equipment did for the industry and for music and yeah. for musicians you know through the 60s and 70s which is kind of a really neat thing to see yeah like, that's really rad know, that's, man that's background like, <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm big into history anyways yeah. you know like uh so so like i said it, it was one of those that was fun to see yeah that's yeah. super cool man that's super cool yeah. so like what type of shows do you normally do are we talking like metal are we talking about like 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 rock shows or whatever are we talking about like like convention stuff man i what wish you... it was metal and rock <laughs> um, no so mostly it's convention work um convention small events uh and things of that nature we we started out obviously uh, actually we were we started out as a uh, theatrical supply company oh fun uh, is where stagefront started and we actually had a costume shop uh, that rented costumes, kind of like Acme Costumes yeah, used yeah. to. Uh, I think that Acme probably owned a bunch of costumes that were originally at Stagefront. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, And so, so 
Okay, what was the question? Damn. <laughs> getting off topic. Uh, <laughs> what types of shows do you normally like? There we go. Like, types man. of shows, yeah. Um, so while it started out in theater and then kind of warped into a, a rock and roll business where we were setting up lights and sound for, for bands and things of that nature, it progressed into being more in the corporate world. And the reason okay. being that, uh, that that rock and roll got super competitive mm. with uh, with other vendors and people that could buy you know gear and this, that, and the other. Uh, and then it was also one of those where it became more and more of a pain to chase money down from promoters. Yeah. Um, you know, as we're looking at what it takes to make the, the revenue that we wanted based on, you know, what we, where we wanted to grow as a company, uh, it just didn't make sense to continue the, the rock and roll on a regular basis. Now we still do a lot of that kind of support and we love doing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's where all the guys really, really yeah, dig yeah. it. <laughs> doing fun light shows, man. Like you never get past that, but right now, yeah, it's mostly corporate. It's going to be conventions, concerts or, you know, kind of minimal. Yeah. And on the convention side, there are still those elements that, uh, that, that bring that rock and roll and that, that concert feel back where, where you have the, the dinner galas where mm. they have a live band that comes in and plays, uh, you have the, 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 the celebration nights where, where everybody brings their wife and their kids and they come out, you know, the night after they've sat for eight hours in a general session and they mm-hmm. do a big party outside and there's a big live band. Cool. So there, there's kind of the best of both worlds in that situation, yeah. uh, because while we are inside setting up screens and projectors and backdrop sets and scenic and, uh, and lights, we are also outside with the, the fun stuff. That's a little bit more exciting. And really uh, with with the way that things have kind of run and the the visibility and the the way that people want to market and talk to each other and communicate with each other, a lot of the corporate events, man, like they get down. I yeah, mean, like, you've got exit music, <laughs> you've got entrance music. Yeah. Like somebody's coming up on stage, they're getting pumped. You know, like the fucking speakers are blaring. Yeah, and uh, the lights are doing crazy <laughs> stuff. You know, you're strobing things. Uh, so there is still excitement in the corporate world, and I yeah. really enjoy that part of it. It's also exciting because in the corporate world, nine times out of ten, I'm backing up to a loading dock. Mm which is level with my truck and all of my stuff just rolls right off. Onto there you it. go. And then I'm pushing all of my gear into a ballroom that is air conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I'm not, not going to warehouse. We knew a guy about, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. and I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fun. Like yeah. that's not bad. You know, yeah. if my alternative is uh, let's spend 105 degrees on a stage out in the middle of a parking lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind being in a ballroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I yeah. got you, man. How long does it only take to set one of these things up? Hours, days. Man, it all kind of depends on the show. You know, I've done some shows where we have spent two weeks setting a room. Wow. Um, (laughs) I have done some shows where it's, you've got a half an hour. Um, (laughs) It all depends on what the show looks like. What's a half hour show? Flashlight, dude? Uh, You know, (laughs) with the shorter amount of time, you got to increase the amount of people. Um, And that's, and that's really what it comes down to is you build the, you build the show, you build the labor call based on uh, how fast it's got to get done Mm -hmm. and how good you want it to look. Yeah. Uh, so, so my average show, you know, we try to get in in under eight hours, okay, um, from start to finish to to tech time where we are sitting there and doing our tech checks and our our tech dry runs, and then uh, generally the shows will last, you know, for a standard night evening dinner gala, you know, three or four hours, and then we break down for another four. Uh, and then you've got the general session type stuff that might run three or four days where you've got a guy there or four guys there for you know eight hours a day. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so it's it all kind of varies, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the bigger the show, obviously, the longer it takes. Yeah, two weeks, man. That's a, that's, two weeks that's was a fun. Show. Two weeks was fun. That was uh, <laughs> that was one where uh, we had six. 
15 semi trucks oh wow worth of gear for that and uh the fun part with that show was i i actually i brought my dad in uh for that show because he was a he was a residential and commercial electrician for years Mm -hmm. and on those bigger shows you generally have somebody that is specialized specific to electrical Mm -hmm. and all he's doing is tying in my power okay uh so he is making sure that all of my main distribution centers where i get power for all of my craft uh are tied into the main system power and all of the things have been metered out and that everything is working and functioning appropriately Mm. uh and with that show i brought him in and this was one of the bigger shows that i'd ever been a part of as far as planning and execution goes and dad walks in and he looks at all of my service drops which are basically the main power drops where i'm going to tie all my stuff into it and he's counting them up and he's counting one two three four and he gets to eight and then he looks at me and he goes what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and i was like what do you mean why do you need so much power? <laughs> like, well, all this shit takes a lot of power, Dad. Yeah. And it was fun to watch him for that two-week period because he didn't have shit to do after the first two days. Like, he tied in all the power. He's there if something lights on fire. Yeah. Um, and it was just fun to watch him for the next two weeks just kind of sit there and make good money and, and be amazed at, like, what the hell it was we did for a living yeah. and how it all actually happened. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, but he was stoked on that. Oh, he was so stoked. And he, uh, <laughs> he wore he wore that stage front shirt for, you know, the, the rest of his life. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so God awesome. God bless his soul. <laughs> so all this stuff looks and sounds, like, super expensive. Like, what are we talking, man? Like, like for, like, one of those what, weird What, to buy robot? it or yeah. to, to own it? Just, just or to, like, to, to rent it? Let's say whichever you feel more comfortable talking about (laughs) you know so i guess just like anything else uh you've got good better and best and and you've got the rules of three where uh you know good fast uh or or oh shit now i've forgotten what the rule of three was uh you can either have good you can have fast or you can have cheap (laughs) no no that's not it never mind we're gonna ignore this uh so you know i mean an average show for me is going to run in the the 15 20 25,000 range. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that's going to include, you know, your basic uh your basic full lighting package for a for a big room, a stage, a sound system, uh a couple of guys to run everything for you while you're doing your show. Uh and, and that's probably with a couple hundred thousand worth of equipment. Oh wow. Um yeah, I I, I mean <laughs> like for for comparison, I guess scale, you know, so the the sound system that we put in Forsyth Park. Mm. Uh you know, that is a $750,000 sound system. Jeez, that is how man. much we had to spend to, to get it. get that equipment. And it is the best in the business. I mean, it is the nicest stuff. The the name of the company that makes it is called Meyer Sound Laboratories. <laughs> They're much more about the science than they are the speakers. Yeah. You know, like the speakers are a byproduct of the fact that they figured out how to make really loud sounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they just sell the shit they do it with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the moving light fixtures, uh, you know, the, you've got low-end fixtures that are in like the two grand, $2,500 range, yeah. uh, you know, to the really nice high-end ones that are ten, fifteen thousand 15000 apiece. Oh, wow. And when you're talking a show, uh, you may have a 100 of these fixtures. <laughs> So it gets pricey. It's, yeah. a, it's a tough business to, yeah. to stay up to date with. And luckily things have come down in price a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over the years that there've been a number of manufacturers in, in China that, that are copying and, and keeping things moving and, uh, and making stuff that is not subpar. It works yeah. for X amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, hey. if you can get your money out of it, it's worth it. There you you know? go, yeah. And that's, and that's generally how we try to look at it is, uh, how many shows do we think we're going to rent this on? Yeah. You know, if I rented it X amount of dollar, which is what the market will bear, 
Uh, am I going to make money on it at the end of it? You know, yeah. Did I pay it off and then double my money? There you go. Uh, and that's how we, how we like to look at things. Uh, the funny part is that honestly, the, the shit in my inventory that makes me the most money is, is also the, the lowest cost things. Yeah. <laughs> and they rent all the time. I mean, yeah. I've got some speakers that we have had uh, since before I was born. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, probably. Yeah. And after probably. a while, it's just, you just, it's just full profit. Uh, it's still working. Yeah, I mean, it was full profit in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, at this point, we're 30 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That $400 speaker has made thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah, yeah, but it's still doing its thing, it, But man. it still does its job, yeah. and if it still works, it still sounds good, and it's the right product for the right application, Yeah. and the client doesn't have it, Yeah. what are they going to do? They're going to call me. So is that gigantic speaker at Forsyth the most expensive thing you mess with? Is there something um, like, what is like... So it's like the top, the top, 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 <laughs> um, you know, probably that that's, that is one of the more pricey things that I've ever played with. Uh, at one point we were working with a, uh, a video processor unit, uh, to do projection mapping and video processing, which is basically when you have, um, a number of screens of different type. Yeah. Uh, so I may have a bunch of projection screens and then I've got a bunch of led video wall screens and then I've got a bunch of LCD monitors. Mm -hmm. This processing unit is capable of taking a, you know, 15 laptops and 14 cameras and whatever <laughs> and mixing and switching and feeding that out to each of those individual displays in a different way. Yeah. Uh, so what it is, is a, a super, super fancy computer, like the nicest computer you could ever imagine buying. Yeah. Uh, and then, in years of R&D and research and, and program development, because that's what it's really all about is the software that it utilizes to make those connections and movements. And those video processors are insanely expensive. They, they run anywhere from two to 250,000 yeah. for a rack piece, <laughs> something the size of your standard desktop computer. Yeah. Wow, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is the kind of stuff you need to put on something. You can't. It just... is. I don't own one of those. Yeah. We, we, well, yeah. We do not have one of those. <laughs> I rented that from someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to make that show work. And while I'd like to say that it's pretty shitty that the manufacturers charge so much for it, you also have to look at it from the standpoint of they are only ever going to sell so many of those units. Yeah. You know, like there's just not a market for that, like coffee cups. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, if, if they're going to build something that they're only ever going to sell a hundred of, mm -hmm. and they're going to put five years of R and D into how it make it work and, you know, product development and software coding and things like that, you got to sell it for the number that makes you money. Yeah. You got to make mean, it profitable. If not, uh, what are you doing? Uh, right. You know, so, <laughs> and I always have to remind myself of that. Cause it's like, Oh, why do they charge so much for this video card? That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you remember that, oh, well, it's a really fancy one. Yeah. Uh, and some software engineer spent a lot of time making it work. <laughs> uh, yeah, and man. thank him. Yeah. You know, because uh, now you yeah. get this rad thing to play with. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it and, works the way you need it to work to get a job done. Exactly. You know, it's like uh, power tools. You know, people will go and buy the power tool because they need it for that job. And they could have done other things, but like, this does it the best. Right. So, and I'm going to need this done. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, it's purpose built. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could, I, I could I cut everything that. with it with a, you know, a handsaw, right? Or, or we can get the circular saw and get this done half the time. Well, I mean, there, there is a cost associated with your time. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the fun and exciting moments that I have to explain to my wife on a regular basis. Uh, oh, you want me to do this? That's cool. Could we pay someone? <laughs> well, why would we do that? You can do it. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, 
uh, I'm also worth money. <laughs> like, am I cheaper than him? <laughs> Turns out I am. Yeah, that's how all it works. the time. <laughs> oh man! So you mentioned you also did some pretty like famous shows, man. Like you, you. you oh yeah. So like, what are we talking? What are we talking? You told me some James Brown, James two Brown, presidents, so, Spike Lee, man. Yeah, man, Spike Lee. These are big shows. Spike Lee. <laughs> Spike Lee was fun because he pointed at me and the guy that I was with and was like, "Look at the only two white boys in this whole room." <laughs> That's funny. And then he said, they're working for us. <laughs> Which was fun. Um, yeah, so a couple of big famous ones. Uh, so James Brown was really exciting. And James Brown, I was actually... I had... I think that was the year. So I had literally just graduated high school. Yeah. Wow. The day of yeah. the James Brown concert. And I left my high school graduation and I went to Forsyth Park where, where this concert was being held. And uh, that day I was running spotlights. Mm. So I'm up on a scaffolding 35 feet tall right behind the front of house mix position, which is where the, the lighting and the audio console are located out in front of the stage. And, uh, and it's a concert for James Brown. Um, and, and I obviously understood the, the kind of the, the heaviness of what was going on. Cause it's fucking James Brown and I'm, yeah. I'm 18. And this is kind of the first big show that I've really been a part of. And I had helped set up the show and the stage and the lights and everything for the, the day prior, the day prior. Um, the, the coolest part about that show was that, uh, the first band went on and it wasn't quite dark yet, but I'm still up on the, uh, the scaffolding tower ready to go with my spotlight so that they could take photos and the, the photos are still working out cause there's lights on the act. And when I started, there wasn't a whole lot of people in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the opening act. People hadn't really cycled in yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm running the spotlight. It's still daylight. I'm competing with the sun, whatever. <laughs> um, and by the time the first one stopped, uh, there was an intermission portion where they did a set change for about a half an hour. And, uh, and then James Brown goes on. And right before James Brown goes on, it's now completely dark. And I haven't looked behind me yeah. at this point. Uh, and, and I turned around and looked at Forsyth Park, and there's 15,000 people <laughs> staring at my ass. <laughs> and they're obviously not staring at my ass. I mean, they might have been. But, uh, <laughs> um but that was kind of the moment where, uh, I'm not going to lie, where I was like, this is cool. Like, yeah. I am a part of a team that built something uh, that is allowing James Brown to communicate and entertain you know, 15,000 people. All of these people are having an experience because of the work that I got to put yeah, in. That's um, rad. And if I make a mistake, they're all going to know. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> it was the dude right there. The one who's ass we've been looking yeah, at this yeah. whole time. <laughs> Look at that shit. Why is he pointing the light over there? He's not even over there. Um, you know, so that was, that was a really fun one. Uh, we did, we did, we did Obama. Yeah. Uh, and that was fun. Working with the white house is always exciting. Um, I'm sure, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, they, they have, uh, they have what they call the white house communications agency, WACA. Mm. Uh, and so the, those guys are always the ones that, that they come in and advance the show with us and they say, Hey, this is where the show's going to happen. Here's what's going to go down. Uh, we're going to need this, 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 and this, and, uh, and give us the quote and, you know, we're going to beat you up on it and, uh, and spend your tax dollars wisely. <laughs> so, so those guys are fun. They're, they're military guys. Um, but they obviously understand that, that what they do is audio, video and lighting related and that it is what it is. Shit happens. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, 
sometimes with the president. <laughs> and uh, so, so with the presidents, the big thing is security. Yeah, obviously, like that is number one. Uh, and what we do for a living doesn't lend itself well to like high security. I've got a ton of road cases sitting all over the place uh, that are closed, that are open, that have electronics inside of them. Some of them look like bombs. Some of them don't look like bombs. Yeah. Who knows? So, so that's always a fun bridge to kind of gap is, uh, <laughs> or fun, fun, fun gapped bridge, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that's always the exciting part. With Obama, the the one thing that stuck out with me on that one was uh, the the Secret Service agent that was prepping us prior to the show after they had done their sweeps with the dogs and everything. He says, uh, "So here, here's the deal: if something happens, if a microphone stops working, if something at the stage goes wrong, the only thing you need to remember is to walk." <laughs> and, I, and I said, I need to walk. And he's like, yeah, UAV guys are normally pretty crazy. So like when shit goes wrong, we see y'all take off running. And the problem with that is when the president's around and some dude in black takes off running, we normally aim for the head. Yeah. So you're not going to get up. This isn't like a, we're going to shoot you in the leg and hope for the best things. Not like you're done. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally get it now. Yeah. And then I'm just sitting there like, God, please don't go wrong. Nothing go did wrong. Did anything please. go wrong? No, uh, okay, not good. with that one. No, Obama did great. Uh, <laughs> he was fantastic. And that was over at Savannah Tech. That, that, was, a, that was a nice one. I did have a, a situation with Bush um, where uh, we, had, <laughs> we had run some cables over an exit path. And we were told that it was okay uh, as long as we marked them with a cable ramp. Mm-hmm. And the cable ramps are like rubber pieces that yeah, sit down yeah, on yeah. the ground. Cables go inside of them. You flip the lid closed. Uh, and they said, hey, just make sure they're marked. And I said, all right, cool. So I'm doing my best smart-ass impression of how to mark a cable ramp. I've got 15 different colors of fluorescent gaff tape. <laughs> yeah. And I am just marking this eight-foot run of cable ramps out as bright as we can possibly do. Yeah. Uh, so everything goes well. He enters in. He does his little talking points, and everything's fine. And he goes to exit. And we all have clear comm. We are, we're wearing headphones, and we're in connection with the guys that are backstage and the guys next to us and the camera operators. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we can hear what's going on. Everybody's talking. And and all we hear is, uh, he's down. He's down. Oh, no. And sure enough, it doesn't matter how many types of fluorescent color tape I put on a cable ramp. The president of the United States is going to trip on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, and apparently he tripped on it. Uh, and he got back up and everybody was fine. It wasn't a big deal. Like nobody got fired over it. That's good. Uh, yeah. But that was always just one of those like, Oh man, like really leader of the free world. <laughs> That's what went down. Huh? <laughs> Hopefully he's not going to remember this. Uh, and they paid their bill and everything was good. Good. Um, good. Good. Like here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, so, so I, I've done a couple of cool ones. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Cause see, I was, I was a little bit like, I wanted to know, like, cause you know, you got the president, man. Like I, don't they like carding you every time you go anywhere? If you go take a piss or whatever, they like, excuse me, sir, you look slightly different. Can you come over here? You have secure areas that you're yeah. allowed to be in, and you're not really allowed to leave them once you're there. Yeah. Um. You know this this past the the most recent one that I did was Trump, and we we worked with him, and then uh, somewhere in North Carolina, Wilmington. Um. And it was one. It was at an airport, and it was just one of those deals where you understood that once you came in for the day, you didn't exit. Yeah. Uh. You had to remain on site on premise. Uh, and that's, it's not really something that's difficult to work with. You, you're mm. fully aware of it. You prep for that knowing, yeah. you know, ahead of time. Um, you know, so the security is tight and it's serious. Uh, but it's also, you know, 
it's very on point for what's expected. And everybody yeah. knows, like, it's the president. Yeah, yeah. We're taking it serious. Don't guys. do stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know today, I mean? guys, one day, right. just do one day. <laughs> like, for loadout on that show, you know, like, before I pull the 26 foot truck up next to the fence across the street from where the president was, I'm going to call my Secret Service contact and go, hey, guys, are y'all finished? Is he gone? Is everything okay? I'm about to approach the fence with a big ass white truck that's not marked. Yeah. And they go, no, you need to hold on for a second <laughs> do not drive that up here yeah don't yeah and, and i park my ass and cross the block wait. and i just wait it yeah. is what it is yeah um you know <laughs> and, and that's uh, those situations are fun because just seeing the pomp and circumstance around it yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah and knowing that you're kind of in the presence of those types of people and whether you put weight on that or not or respect on that or not uh there's still a lot of people that do yeah and so you, you kind of have to play that solemn role of like, yes, I understand what's going on. Yeah. And I'm fully aware of it. And you play the part and you don't get shot. Exactly. Exactly. Because all you want to do is get home and get paid, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All I want to do is get my money back. Yep. 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 So does this, you, you said you went to North Carolina. Does, you, does this ever require you to travel? Are you ever going cool places? Have you been anywhere cool? <laughs> Somewhere cool. Uh, you know, I, I've been to Vegas hey. a couple of times. I went to Dallas. Um, you know, I've been to, to DC for a couple of shows. Um, I was in Los Angeles for a little while. That's cool, man. Yeah. The Los Angeles thing. Uh, so I actually, I didn't do a show in Los Angeles. I went to medieval times. Have you yeah. ever heard of medieval oh, times? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Dinner and a show, yeah. man. We're going to joust all night. My wife took me out. Uh, I can't remember what birthday it was. And, uh, you know, when they call out like, who's the fairest princess or whatever, I was the loudest and the fairest, but they didn't pick me and they picked some little girl. That's some bullshit. Yeah, man. I was like, come on. That is some bullshit. That was what, wh- Which castle were you at? Uh, this one was in Atlanta. In Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, right, right. Well, I don't like that so you, castle. So you went all the way across the country to go to medieval times. So I've actually been to every medieval times. <laughs> no way. Every single one. How of is this them. not? And how I've, is this being brought up now? Oh shit, that wasn't on the list. <laughs> no. Was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, I've been to every medieval times, and I've seen every show multiple times at each one of them. <laughs> I've not done it recently, so they may have changed scripts and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of what my original job at Stagefront was, uh, I was a jack of all trades. I did a little bit of everything. So right out of high school while I was also working the production side and doing live events, I also worked for our service department mm-hmm. and the service department had a contract with medieval times where they would travel all around the country to each of the different castles. And we would maintain and service all of their installed lighting systems. Cool. Uh, and since I was super big into lights and I had some background in electrical uh, and I like taking shit apart and putting it back together, they were like, Hey man, we're going to throw you in a van and you're going to go spend a week at every one of these castles oh, once every wow. three months. So you had to drive each place? Uh, so I flew to a couple of them. Okay. I drove to a bunch of them. <laughs> uh, and at first I was with another guy, uh, a guy named Doug. Uh, and I miss Doug to death. He was a, he was a great guy. Um, it, it, but Doug had a hammer foot, a hammer toe. Uh, so, so Doug was a little crazy to drive with. Uh, so, so after a while I started driving the van full of gear and equipment, uh, and tools cause, cause Doug would just rather sleep, which was fine. Um, but yeah, so I would travel around and we would basically spend a week removing, uh, the fixtures piece by piece, mm. uh, and oh maintaining gosh. them and changing out <laughs> motors and changing out color wheels and ballasts and cleaning them because they get filthy. Uh, and then putting them back up. And then at the end of the week, you had to sit and watch a couple of shows to make sure all your shit worked still. Gotcha. Um, so I've had my fair share of uh, turkey legs. and uh, <laughs> Is that I, comped? You're not having to pay. No, I don't have to pay for that oh, shit. Good, no, okay. absolutely not. Um, <laughs> so you get a free turkey leg on the house. Yeah, right, man. Hey, man. Those apple pies are delightful. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so in Los Angeles, we were doing a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a remodel as well. So we were adding some lights in, and I actually ended up being in Los Angeles for two weeks. And this was that was over my twenty first birthday, um, but that was fun because Los Angeles is the most active castle mm. out of all of them. So really? they, yeah, 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 yeah. Los Angeles is busy all the time. The other castles they do night nightly. Yeah. kind of shows los angeles was running pretty much full time wow uh all throughout the day so they'd start shows at 10 a.m they do like uh like shows for the schools uh-huh. and shit like that throughout the day and then they do a night show so in los angeles we had to work in the middle of the night uh so we would go in at 10 or 11 o'clock and we'd work until 7 or 8 a.m yeah for two weeks straight that's the only to, time they're close that's the only time they're close oh, that's man. the only time we could get in to pull fixtures down and change things around and, and, yeah. and make updates and, uh, and, and that was fun because I had the days to spend in LA, mm-hmm. uh, kind of wandering around and seeing what was up when I wasn't trying to sleep. The only creepy part about it was that on the second week I got left there by myself, everybody else flew back and I was just finishing up the service work. And one of the guys told me this story, uh, about, uh, I think it was the King. I don't know. I don't even know if it was accurate or true. Some weird shit happened in the middle of the night while I was there. Oh, God. Uh, but apparently, like, the king or somebody had actually, uh, like, offed themselves. Oh, my God. On the dais, like, uh, up at the throne. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, you know? So, like, that, I get told that story, like, the week before I'm due to leave. So, I'm there for, like, another four nights in the middle of the night by myself in this big-ass empty building. Yeah. Uh, you know, up in this tiny little booth with my screwdrivers and, you know, and testing equipment and, you know, like are turning one randomly across the room and like you hear faucets running and it's like if i'm gonna get murdered do it quickly <laughs> well if you get murdered you get murdered by a king by a king <laughs> i mean that that i mean like that damn near makes me royalty yeah yeah, uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> that's crazy yeah, yeah oh man um, but yeah so medieval times yeah that, that was that that's was, fun man yeah, so, I, so I traveled all around for that i guess i was in i think they've got one in chicago i feel like i went to chicago at one point i, I don't know yeah <laughs> that was that was a long time ago <laughs> that's awesome man yeah. so like what's the favorite what's your favorite event you've ever been part of the favorite event that i've yeah. ever been a part of is it of? medieval times for the whole no no, no no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not um yeah I, I say absolutely not but i'm not sure if it's, uh, that's not it um my favorite event that I've been a part of, uh, we do a, uh, a food and wine festival. Uh-huh. The one locally? Uh, no, it's actually, it's in Bluffton. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So across the river. Uh, and that event, uh, I think that that was one of my favorites for a long time. I, I don't know that it's still my favorite, uh, but it definitely was because that, that was one where we had live entertainment every night. We had crazy events with awesome chefs. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was just a neat experience because you had so many different people from so many different backgrounds and places and the food was phenomenal. And yeah. The bands were great. <laughs> uh, and it was at Palmetto Bluff across the river. And I don't know if you've ever been out to Palmetto Bluff, uh, but it is the, the, it's the creme de la creme of the low country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be nice careful there. Yeah, be careful than, uh, there. Fantastic food. Beautiful location. It's better than a turkey uh, leg, though. It, it turkey is, leg and horses. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Biscuits and gravy with truffles. Oh wow! Um, that's 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 a highfalutin. <laughs> it, it was highfalutin. I didn't know how much those servings cost until after our uh, the chef had given me a couple, and then he's like, "Oh, by the way, that's so and so amount of truffles," and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh wow! My bad. I might not be getting paid for this gig. Um, you know, so that, that's probably, that was one of my favorites for a long time. Um, yeah, I did Tony Robbins a number of years ago. Oh, cool. Um, and that was, that one was fun. Yeah. Uh, just because Tony Robbins is gigantic and Mm. he's got huge hands. Um, (laughs) was it any bigger lights? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's weird because I never really, I never really thought about the fact that I did use really big lights on that. Yeah, uh, they were like I, I brought in lights that were much larger than what we normally would have used, and I don't know that it was because he was a bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, maybe <laughs> it's an interesting concept. I haven't thought about that. That's the funny, larger man. the person, the more light you need. That's funny, man. Well, you're not only like, you know, we've been talking about this light stuff for a while, longer than I thought we were, but you know, you don't only just do lights. You also have a side hustle when you're not putting up lights. You do this thing called Tinker and Blaze. What Tinker is that, and Blaze. Man? What is that? Please tell me. Uh, so Tinker and Blaze is a, uh, a product of my, my imagination and my wife's imagination and my, uh, my 12 year old's, uh, imagination. Aww. And the reason that I say my 12 year old, uh, cause Marley Murray, uh, she's, she's my oldest. Um, but when she was, she was, when she was little, uh, she loved the Tinkerbell movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the name is kind of a, a spin on the fact that I love to tinker, mm-hmm. which I do. Uh, that's a, been a product of my, my entire life is, is tinkering with, with anything that I possibly can. Uh, and then one of the other characters in one of the Tinkerbell movies is named blaze. And, and it was a, a blaze trail blaze, the trail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was kind of where it was founded, but the company and what it does, it's a, um, it's kind of a, a fabrication decor uh event style manufacturing company okay uh, so so what i've got is a, a big cnc machine uh that's four foot by eight foot industrial table size that's a big cnc <laughs> it is a big cnc <laughs> machine uh it took a lot to get it off the trailer and into my my garage shop um uh, in fact i use some lighting trusses and shit to hey. do it uh, but yeah so and it's an industrial grade this is not a hobby machine this is uh this is a, a full-on um you know, industrial CNC machine. And the reason that I went that route is because I, I, I always enjoyed the technology behind robots. Yeah. Uh, obviously the CNC machine is really just a, uh, a more rudimentary moving light fixture. Yeah. Um, and instead of programming with a lighting console, I'm programming with a software package on my computer inside. And, and what I do is I, I make and manufacture things for, Home for events for you know anything that you can think of that would be decorative or you know backdrops or uh, you know things things of that nature. Cool man, um, cool. So like, yeah. what kind of stuff you made? Uh, so I just finished up a uh, it was a photo backdrop setup for a uh, for a, a food uh, a wine and beer festival, mm. and it was six feet wide, eight feet tall. It had the logo for the event carved nice. into it. Uh, and then two shutter panels that were made out of some plywood material that I turned into something that made them look like real actual shutters. Mm. Uh, and then some florists uh, went through and put a bunch of flowers and things like that on top of it. Uh, I've also just finished up making some scenic panels that are meant for projection mapping. So these mm. are crazy geometric shapes that all land and uh, and hook together and then they hang off of a backdrop. Cool. And then you projection on top of them with different uh, you know, video jockey type things. Yeah. Um, so, so that kind of stuff. You awesome, know? man. Um, That's super cool. And then I, you know, and then I'm into, uh, you know, taking old pieces of furniture and putting cool designs and artwork in them, uh, and fixing that kind of stuff up. And then, uh, you know, anything that anybody can think of. Really. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, the big thing and where it kind of came from was I became kind of known with all of my clients at stage front, uh, as the guy that will try to figure out how to do anything. Yeah. Um, it's not just audio video lighting, it's events, it's producing, uh, and so when they had a crazy idea about something they wanted built or something they wanted to create or, or something they wanted to show off, uh, regardless of whether or not it had to do with audio or lighting, they would pick up the phone and they call me. Yeah. And, and that was kind of what pushed me so much into it. I've always really been into working with my hands, but knowing that I could figure stuff out that I liked fabricating. I liked coming up with solutions. Yeah. 
uh, kind of drove me to, well, I think that I could do that as a side hustle. And it, it, it's not really restraining at all because mm-hmm. it, there is no restraint. It's uh, what you got. Yeah. What do you need help with? <laughs> what do you want to do? Let's figure out how to make that shit work. That's awesome. You man. know, uh, whether that's an eight foot tall letter that, you know, makes up a word that's 55 feet long, mm. uh, you know, or it's, uh, you know, how to make a crazy chandelier that spins around in circles and moves up and down. Um, <laughs> that's super you know, cool. so, so I get into that kind of thing and I, and I like coming up with solutions. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what the business is about. It's about fabricating for events and decor and, uh, you know, and, and, and figuring out how to, how to make what you have in your your head a reality a reality gotcha man gotcha how'd you figure all this out you just you like just start watching youtube man you ask a guy you just buy a cnc machine <sighs> yeah. and you're like well we'll figure this out <laughs> yeah so uh, a couple of years back uh there was a product out there called maslow mm-hmm. um and maslow was created by a guy named Barr and a partner of his and it, what it was it was an introduction to cnc work uh on like a cnc router base it, it was a kit mm-hmm. so you bought the kit for i think it was like 400 dollars or something like that it came with an x and a y motor and then a z-axis motor that would control the height of your router and the whole thing worked on hanging bicycle chains Mm -hmm. so the entire router actually leaned up against a wall and you had a for lack of a better term a sled that Mm -hmm. had your router actually mounted to it and then the two chains attached to that sled and it would pull and drag it across your workpiece to cut it out yeah yeah so I bought that and I was like, ah, what the hell? What are we going to do? I want to, I want to cut out some giant letters. Yeah. Yeah. And really like, that's where it all kind of started was, I think I had a project or something where somebody needed some giant letters cut out. And I was like, man, a fucking jigsaw. Like, There's a lot of fucking jigsaw. Yeah. There's so much jigsaw. There's gotta be a better way to do this. Uh, so I bought that thing and I built it in my workshop at home and, and it was funny cause it came in and I'm sitting there looking at my wife and I'm going, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to figure this shit out. <laughs> like, it's running off of an Arduino, yeah, you know, like a Raspberry Pi type system. Uh, and there's like very rudimentary coding and programming that has to go into making it function. Yeah. And about a week later, uh, I got all the materials together to build the frame cause it didn't come with anything to build the frame. It just came with the motors and some wires. Um, and I, and I started putting it together and uh, I got everything kind of assembled and I wrote my first kind of program with a free web based interface, uh, to, to write out the G code. And before I, I dropped the router, you know, into the material to cut it. I shoved a Sharpie into a hole um, and then told it to move 12 inches. Uh-huh. And the damn thing moved 12 inches to the left. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> We're doing it. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. And I'm running inside and I'm looking at Tina and I'm just like, you've got no idea what the hell I can do. None at all. Um, you know, so that kind of started that that side of it. And before then, I had been big on uh, refinishing furniture and building random stuff. Yeah. You know, prior to that, I was already building fancy chandeliers for events, uh, backdrops and sets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the furniture refinishing, like all of the tools and things that I had acquired over the years. And were... this is just on the side on top of doing your yeah. normal job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, and the furniture refinishing, I mean, that was a lot of necessity, man. I was having a kid and we ain't had no money. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the furniture you got just got to look nicer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so we, so we made it happen like that. And, uh, so with that machine, I was able to do a couple of things. It was obviously more of a homebrew style machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have a whole 
lot of reliability as far as dimensions and things of that nature go. It liked to light shit on fire occasionally. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is always exciting. Yeah. I, had a, I had a webcam out there so I could watch it. Um, and, and it became one of those where I had gotten to the point where I was I was limited by the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like to figure things out. I like to, to, to make stuff happen. And so so we looked at the, the potential for, for doing something a little bit bigger yeah. that I could produce more with on the side. Uh, and, and so we, we decided to, to put the big one in. Yeah. Uh, the fun part with the big one is that, uh, it turns out there's a whole hell of a lot more to the whole thing than like what I was doing with the little like Maslow deal. Yeah. Um, when you start getting into like full on CNC, mm. uh, there are a lot of variables and a lot of different buttons to press <laughs> and then a whole lot of different things on the programming side of yeah. it, the changes. Yeah. Because I went from basically being able to cut an outline to where now, like, I can 3D contour a piece of material on, like, you know, full dimension. Uh, yeah. And make, uh, you know, two and a half D parts and pieces and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, well, it's like when I was talking with our mutual friend, Cody, he uh, he was explaining it to, uh, he was like, I think he said it was millionths. You can get it down to the millionths. Yeah. That's how exact this thing is. So, yeah, yeah it's a lot different than the two bicycles change you were running before, right. man. Yeah. Lord. Okay, so, all right, just to be clear, mine cannot get down to the millionths. Uh, <laughs> the shit that Cody runs, yeah. 100% will. Uh, but mine is still in the thousands. Yeah. Uh, and I still have a hard time with the idea that uh, we are measuring by the thousandths of mm. an inch. Uh, and he even, he brought me a, a micrometer, uh, to play with, uh, cause he's awesome. Yeah. I love Cody. Yeah. Man. <laughs> um, so he brought me a micrometer to play with and he was like, yeah, so you can measure down to the thou with this. And I yeah. was like a thousandth of an inch. How does it know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm super psyched about it. And he was like, yeah, I mean like you got a dollar bill. And I was like, yeah, I got a dollar bill. You know, it's somewhere around here. Sure. Let me find it. And I use a dollar bill to zero in my machine. Mm. Uh, so it's just taped to the side of the machine. And everybody's like, is that the first dollar you made? I was like, no fuckers. <laughs> Never mind. Just forget it um but i throw this dollar bill in this micrometer and i i go to tighten it shut and it's got like a little clutch wheel so like as you're spinning it starts clicking and like i can literally measure the thickness of a dollar bill that's crazy it man. is between three and four thousands that's crazy <laughs> what the fuck yeah <laughs> i don't like my brain my brain cannot comprehend how that functions yeah. and how that works i mean like i get it uh, but just the idea behind a measuring tool that can do that. Uh, and that's been the fun part with the new machine is that what I draw inside on the computer is what comes out of the machine. Yeah. Um, the software is substantially more complex. It took uh, a number of weeks, a number of nights of, uh, you know, two, three, four a.m., uh, you know, two cups of coffee. And I'm just rocking out, you know, trying to figure this out. YouTube videos, anything that I can come up with. Yeah. Um, and luckily, the software package that I that I got, uh, they have a huge following of people that are really big on information. They've got a big training uh, set up and things of that nature. You know, the hardest part for me is that because it's not my full time gig. Yeah, this is all happening between six o'clock and three a.m. <laughs> the know, golden hour. The golden hour. <laughs> and while when my first daughter was young, uh, I had lots of those hours to give up because I've got a small child and like, why not be awake anyways? Why not learn something new? Mm-hmm. Now that my first child is older and I have a four year old. Uh, those hours are more wanted for sleep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But like I said, I'm into that kind of stuff. So it is what it is. I will sacrifice sleep uh, if it's it's another trade and another another 
skill that I yeah, can learn. Man. Yeah, man. I, I want to learn as much as I can about yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm a big like, hobby guy. If you listen to any episode of the show, I only ever want to talk about people's hobbies because that's what I care about because I have sure. nothing but hobbies, you know? And like, it's important, man. People don't is. get it how important it is. It fixes my brain. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it, it, idle hands, not yeah. good, you yeah. know? Uh, hobbies are, are a big thing. And then if you can turn those hobbies into into something that's fulfilling, yeah. um, you know, that, that kind of, it sustains you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can't say, you know... While I love the work that I do every day of my life, like my full time job is phenomenal, and I could have never asked for anything more. Uh, you know, the, that building hobby, that working with my hands, is uh, it is super fulfilling because at the end of the day, you've created something. Yeah, man. Um, and, and I think that that's the same as my my day to day job is that at the end of the day, I've gotten to create something, and it's all about that that creation. Like, yeah. You know, I, I get to to end my day with a deep breath and go, well, I did some shit. <laughs> I did some yeah. shit. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's not good shit. But hey, I did it. But I did it. <laughs> and I did it well. So you got any big projects coming up, man? Any things you would love to make or something like that coming on the horizon? Uh, yeah, I mean, not, 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 no. Yeah. Nothing I really have that, like, that, like that's major. I've got a, I've got a couple of good projects coming up. Uh, I've got one for a, uh, a florist, actually, mm-hmm. that's, I'm hoping is going to be pretty cool. Uh, it's nothing too detailed or crazy, but it's a, it's a 40 foot wide by 10 foot tall wall, mm-hmm. uh, that is all temporary structure so that she can break it down, set it back up, break it down, set it back cool. up. Uh, and what it'll be is this wall will have a number of hole patterns that will be cut into it with the CNC machine and kind of different shapes and patterns. Uh, and she'll set this up for her events and she'll use all these holes to put floral arrangements in. Oh, wow. So it creates like a giant floral wall of a different pattern, uh, for, for a couple of different weddings. That's super that cool. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's, it's not the everyday thing yeah uh, you know but that but that's exactly the kind of stuff that i'm into because mm-hmm. it is not the everyday thing. well you already this have is... an everyday thing that you already like this is just like another uh, yeah. fun exciting yeah, exactly. thing yeah yeah and, sure and like you said there's something i mean lord then you'll and you'll see it you'll like whenever she posts it or whatever you're gonna be like uh, i made that I you made know that that's Look cool at that. it turned out well <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, you know i do have a project coming up with work where i'm gonna i'm gonna be going to to denver for for a week so that'll be fun fun man yeah. fun. i've never been to denver yeah <laughs> should be fun you ever intertwine the two you ever make them kiss bro uh yeah so well and that was a big part of it um when i got into it so so really it's not the only reason but it was part of the reason because the the scenic applications of what that cnc machine are capable of doing fall directly into my work as a as a production guy Mm -hmm. because a large part of of special events and concerts and corporate events and things of that nature are going to be the scenic elements. So whether that's a custom backdrop or it's a custom podium or it's a custom reception desk or it's, you know, a, a fancy frame or build structure for a TV to sit into that displays the schedule for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all things that, that benefit from being made by a CNC machine. <laughs> um, so there was definitely some duality to it where mm-hmm. it was like, well, I think that uh, I think that I can utilize this uh, in this fashion for my my day job. Um, and I think that there are other sides of it that, that are more on the decor side that are not event related that I can also sell. Uh, so it became one of those where, well, it helps here and it helps here. There you go, man. There uh, you go. Yeah. And, and it was really, it, I mean, it was all driven by COVID, you know, yeah. with so much revenue lost based in the live event business because of COVID, everybody's looking for a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and this was something that I was already good at that I could already kind of train myself and teach myself on. 
uh, why not take it to the next level? There you go. There you, you know? go. So is there, is there like an end goal? Is it like eventually when you're done being Mr. Lighting, you know, are you going to just be Mr. CNC? <laughs> uh, you know, one of my clients actually asked me that the other day yeah. uh, in the AV world. She said, uh, are you are you planning on leaving? And I was like, no, absolutely yeah. not. Like, uh, and I don't I don't see that being a thing that, that ever happens. Uh, if it was to happen in my own personal business, uh, in some way, shape or form overtook what I could potentially make and earn, uh, doing what I was normally doing. Yeah. Then sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I love the shit out of CNC work. I love manufacturing. I love working with my hands. Is it something that I could see doing every day? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is it the primary focus right now? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is still very much a side hustle. It is still very much a, uh, something that I want to focus on and build. Um, but it is not the primary, uh, not to say that in you know two three five years if shit takes off yeah and uh we're doing gangbusters and i'm looking at cody like hey man i need you to come run one of my machines yeah and and the biggest issue right now is that i have cody as one of my good friends and uh and he is very familiar with with cnc and, and and manufacturing and so what i'm running into is that i am consistently searching ebay for used cnc mills Mm mm-hmm because why not go ahead and buy one of those too? <laughs> um, while we're here. While we're here and doing it, <laughs> I got a little spot in the corner over there. Uh, you know, so it, it has definitely crossed my mind that at some point this could turn into more of a fabrication and machining type setup. Yeah. Uh, but for, for the, the time being, I am trying to keep it more on the, the product development and decor and design, you know, aspect of things. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's what life is. Just a journey, man. It is. You know? <laughs> it is. You know? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like, uh, like I said, if it goes well, we don't know. But, uh, you know, my first love is always going to be live events. I gotcha. Yeah. I, gotcha. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that that's the big thing for me is uh, it's always going to be in the live events. And to be honest, it's always going to be in, in selling. Mm. and trying to find the clients and and i know that that sounds weird because that's like the skeezy sales thing yeah i love selling uh but i'll tell you and the reason that i love the company that i work for so much is that when i was 15 16 and starting in that company the owner of the company brought me into his office and he goes all right so what do you want to do like what what is it that you're trying to do here and i looked him in the face as a long-haired bearded 16 year old kid and said i want your job (laughs) And he goes, that I like. I he like. Goes, he goes, all right, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you need to understand some things. And I'm like, of course. You know, obviously, I want to work towards your job. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm is what I'm getting at. And he goes, all right. So there's two reasons to be in business. Uh, one is obviously to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is to provide a livelihood for your employees so that they can take care of their households. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of took that to heart. You know, uh, obviously, I want to make money yeah money's good money is good makes life nice uh (laughs) but the part that i really took to heart was that provide a livelihood for people uh and i i I feel it now more than i did then just because looking back over the years and seeing kind of where i came from and the fact that i didn't have any special education i didn't have a college i didn't have student loans associated with this i learned it all on the job Uh, but knowing that that is a possibility for people uh it puts me in a position where in the sales world, you know, my main driver is always going to be the idea behind the more I sell, the more people I can hire. Yeah. And the more people I can hire, the more people can pay their bills, take care of their family, start a family, have kids, live, uh, you know, the American dream, live this world, uh, you know, with a little less struggle. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that's been the 
biggest blow, I think, to my ego over the last year with COVID Mm -hmm. is that, you know, because so much of my drive was centered around getting as many employees to work as I possibly could, Mm -hmm. uh, seeing that all kind of ripped away, it it was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that really kind of messes with your psyche when that, that's your big thing is, you know, I, I, as much as I get off on the idea of like, I just sell things and like, I want to sell, I want to make the deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the very next thought in my mind after I close a deal is, Oh shit, man. Like these guys are going to 80 hours this week because of this yeah, shit, you yeah. know, like we're about to, you know, about to be busy. Like I'm going to call the union up. I'm going to give those guys work too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's that, like I said, that that's the drive. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, you know, you spend most of your life with the people you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, whether you like them or not, family, because like I see them more than I see my wife and my family. You know, right. like, you know that is just the reality of it. And that I like that outlook that you're trying to make sure that those people have something as well. Because I mean, Lord, <laughs> that y'all are basically blood at this point. <laughs> right, right. Well, in, in in live event production, you know, more so than a lot of places, just because I mean, man, when we were busy and when things are busy, we're working 70, 80, 90 hours a week together. Yeah. Uh, in high stress situations where you're at it for, you know, 18 hours a day. Uh, and the guy that is hanging the speakers above you, you have to trust yeah. that he's not going to drop, drop shit on your head. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, the guy that is pulling that gear off the back of that truck is paying attention to the fact that there is no lift gate up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're in a lot of precarious situations with people uh, in high stress level situations where, you know, you have to trust and you have to care and you've got to pay attention and you got to know what's going on around you. Uh, so you do develop those very, very, very close connections with people. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, and that's, that's important. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important and it, it kind of becomes a part of who you are and, uh, you know, and life's too short to be an ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, life is just too short to be an asshole. We should all care more about the people around us at yeah. any given time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I've said this to my wife. I feel like I live my life in this constant state of trying not to be an inconvenience to the people around me. Yeah. Like just constantly. And that's not <laughs> just at work or at home. That's at the gas station. It's at the grocery store. It's in traffic. Like I am just trying my best not to be annoying to any of you. People. <laughs> and it's not because like I am like overly uh, whatever. I, I don't know what the word would be, but it's literally just because like I... I don't want anyone to be down. Like, yeah, yeah. I just want everybody to be okay. Yeah. You know? So I, I feel like if everyone had that kind of mindset. Yeah, we'd be should, set, man. God, the world would be such a, man, <laughs> so such a better place. Better. Like, it really would. Um, you know? Oh, man. that's I, I like that outlook, man. I like that outlook. Just that's, don't that's want good. to be an inconvenience. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, if you can believe it, man, we had over an hour. Well, I told you it wouldn't be nothing. We'd be just sitting here talking. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap things up. All right. <laughs> all right. sick of your... No. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so before I, we do anything, before we do anything else, I would like you to plug, 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 plug anything you want to, the company you work for, the side hustles you got going on, someone you just want to talk about. Go ahead, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, so like right out the gate, uh, big plug for Tina Arnsdorf. Right. So that's just my wife. Yeah. And I hate that we didn't get to that. I know, dude. I've because got... like, so she's got <laughs> Tina Bakes, right? So Tina Bakes, she is a cake baker. Uh-huh. She does amazing cakes. Awesome. Uh, and it's phenomenal because I have learned so much about baking cakes mm. uh, from her. I can pipe the shit out of a rosette. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so my wife is, uh, she's amazing. She's the one that makes it possible for me to do all the things that I do. She helps take care of, uh, she takes care of the kids. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say helps. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she takes care of the kids. Um, and she's an amazing person. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, next plug would be Stagefront. Obviously, yeah. Stagefront's the company that I work for full time. Uh, they have provided the livelihood that I've been able to do, and obviously, I, I provide them work in exchange for it. Uh, but it's a great company. We do all kinds of crazy live events. We will do anything you ask us to do, and we'll make whatever you need to 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 do. Uh, and then Tinker and Blaze, man. Tinker and Blaze is my side hustle. That is a, that is my gig. That is something that I have created. And uh, I am really excited about the future with it. And again, yeah, that's a that's a fabrication, manufacturing, decor, design, event-related, not event-related. Uh, you got an idea for something you want in your hands, I will figure out how to make that shit happen. <laughs> Where uh, do people find that? Facebook, Instagram, what we got? Instagram. Uh, so Will Arnsdorf. Uh, <laughs> I have not gotten to the website side of it yet. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I need to do a split-off Instagram that is specific to Tinker and Blaze. Uh, but if you look for Will Arnstorf, Will Arnstorf on Instagram, I am there, uh, and there are all kinds of, of nice photos of some things that I've worked been working on. Uh, Stagefront, you can find on Facebook. You can find it at uh, stagefront.com uh, or you know Google whatever you need. And then Tina Bakes is uh, Tina Arnstorf, <laughs> and she is on Facebook. Her photos are public. Her profile is not public. Do not ask her to be friends unless you were ordering a cake. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, but seriously, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, I told you before we got all this thing started, we're going to do a final question. But on top of your final question is my new favorite thing of the show, which is asking you, what is your favorite song right now? To give you a little bit of time, what I do is I take the person's song, when I ask them that question, whatever pops in their head, and I put it in the playlist. And that playlist is on Spotify. Anybody can find it. And it's got everyone's song, including Cody's, um, on the playlist. And the playlist is called, um, hold on, I lost one. The Bitter and Jaded, the original motion picture soundtrack. And so my wife named it. The name is awesome. If you know it's mine, because it's going to have the little bird symbol on it. Um, but it goes from everything. We got rap, rock, crazy stuff. I... Cody's was Ninja Sex Party, you know, so it's a whole Of course thing. it was. Okay. <laughs> that explains a lot so of what I've been hearing. So I ask you question, sir, what came to mind? Your favorite song right now? Um, you know, so my favorite song right now, uh, and this is terrible, and God, my people are going to hate me for this. Um, <laughs> the soundtrack to The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Specific song? Because I can't add the whole uh, thing, man. Man, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, God, what is the name of the song? It's the one with Zac Efron. Ooh. Hey, big fan of that music. Are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay, oh, yeah. good. Uh, no shame over here, bud. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm glad that, that that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm going to find it here. Uh, the Other Side. Okay. That, the all Other right. Side. Well, I will add that to the playlist, so look for that soon. I'll definitely uh, put that on there because you, you're not the first musical song on there so don't am i not the first musical no okay cool there's hamilton and there's another one i can't remember what it was maybe she just mentioned it i'm not sure but like i said it runs the gambit and i want it to run the gambit absolutely i want want to shake things up no i'm yeah i mean cody's (laughs) throwing in ninja sex party i'm throwing in hugh jackman (laughs) there you go well hugh jackman is so handsome he can be on anybody's oh man (laughs) for sure him and zach efron in that movie it's like it's just a double team yeah yeah i love it oh (laughs) (laughs) so as promised i have a final question for you are you ready sure okay so what's actually funny is i did not know your wife does cakes and your question, your final question is, what is your favorite type of cake? 
My favorite favorite type of cake yeah. is uh, is a red velvet cake. See, everyone. Okay, Did, I've been wait. Asking, everyone says that. I've been quite. I've been asking this. No, because it's right. I've been asking this. Because <laughs> it's right. It's the only type of cake out there. I have been asking this question uh, all week, and I threw it on here because I think it's a really good question. Um, at work, I do. I do basically the final question my whole life. If you work with me, I'm constantly drilling you about whatever's going on. And so I had this question the other day. I asked a buddy of mine what his was, and uh, he said. Red velvet cake, and I was thinking, yeah, I like a red velvet cake. But then I dug deep, and I uh, I realized that my favorite cake is just chocolate cake. I eat the most chocolate cake. I will destroy it. But the real question is, what is your least favorite cake? Fruit cake. Fruit cake. Oh, you're right. Oh, see, that's another okay. <laughs> what? Same conversation with my buddy Josh. <laughs> what, I, I mean... asked him, what is your least favorite cake? And I thought vanilla. Who likes vanilla cake? I think vanilla cake's boring. Right. Personally, that's my own take I mean, on it. Yeah. Um, but he came in with the the two answers. Him and my wife had the two answers that I thought were the best one. Now fruit cakes in the running is um, angel food cake. I think sucks, and I think shortcake is the worst cake ever invented. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind shortcake. Angel food cake, I do love because yeah. it doesn't weigh anything, and I could eat like sixteen of them all at once. <laughs> like you don't realize what you're eating. Uh, but yeah, the shortcake for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. You hate on vanilla cake though. Like that's kind of shitty. Man, man, I just don't like vanilla cake. Like I feel like if I'm gonna, it's a sit blank down canvas cake. I guess maybe I just haven't had a good vanilla cake. Maybe that's I possible. need to go to Tina's Cakes. That was it, Tina's dot cakes. <laughs> yeah, right. Tina bakes. <laughs> Tina it's bakes. Tina bakes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't mess that up. Tina Bakes. Tina Bakes Cakes. <laughs> Nothing else. Oh, man. That's so funny. Anyway, I just it's been this constant conversation for the past week with everyone I work with. And that's it's good. Just been, it's been fun. It's no, been for fun. sure. I mean, yeah. you get a real good idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say you should judge character based on cake. But yeah. You probably could get pretty close. Yeah, get pretty close. Like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> if somebody came at me with a fruitcake, is their favorite cake. I might, uh, no. I might be <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's definitely one of those where I can't trust you anymore. <laughs> Did you know Claxton is actually the fruitcake capital of the world? Is it really? It is. That's sad. It is. That's yeah, sad. right here in Georgia. That's sad. Like, people, and like my grandmother used to my, uh, always ask for a Claxton fruitcake. I'm like, why? It's not even good. I gotta have it. I, you know, man, I just feel like there are places for fruit and there are places for not. Yeah. And cake is not one <laughs> of them. Cake's not one of them. Well, I don't know. Cake and a fruit. We're going we're gonna to talk about cakes forever, apparently. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. You're right. You're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to get me out of here. You're good. I'm not trying to get... Anyway, so I'm going to do an outro. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Am I not supposed to respond to that? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. This has been Bitter and Jaded yeah, Podcast. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> This has been fun, man. This has been, I'm having a good time. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. If you're out there and you think you're half as cool as my buddy Will, who puts up lights at medieval times, please come on my show. I need guests. I need them uh, because I'm starting to run low. I don't have that many friends. So if you're interested and you think you want to come on the show, please visit my website. My website is www.bitterandjadedpodcast.com or you can email me directly at bitterandjadedpodcast at gmail.com. Because directly on my phone and we can get something set up. He's sitting in front of me, but you don't have to do that. We can do it over Skype. We can do whatever. Um, it's super easy, super conversational. It's just like this one was. We're just hanging out. It was great. It was it was good, right? It was good. Yeah. See, it was good. Had a good time. I had a yeah, great a time. time. So I've been working on this new thing. I've been kind of off, like low key, complaining about my outro for the past the duration of my show. So I, I'm thinking this is what I'm gonna do. I haven't landed on a name. It's either gonna be musical musings or lyrical leavings. I haven't decided. But I listen to a lot of music. Music is my life. So what I've been doing has been I've been writing down. Funny lyrics from songs, and that's what I'm gonna leave the show on. <laughs> Musical music is great. See, do you think that better than lyrical leavings? I, I yeah. I know, right? I, it, I, I, 
I don't know. Let me know. If you're out there, you let me know which one's better. But anyway, we're going to leave you with a lyric from one of my new favorite bands uh, from the song Stop Believing. Uh, the band's called Cheek Face. It's really weird. If you're into like really weird music, give it a shot. I'll p- put a thing at the end of the show. Um, but check it out. But what I'm going to leave you on, bud, is uh, this is the best lyric I've ever heard. <laughs> it says <laughs> He legitimately put this in a song. He says, I may be too fat to be Spider-Man, but not too fat to be body positive Spider-Man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so take that and do with whatever you want to with it, man. Uh-huh. And I'm going to continue adding these on the show. I've got a list of awful, awful things that I that run through my head and make me laugh. And that's how I'm going to end the show because I feel like I'm doing too much by asking the person across the table to end my show for me. So I'm going to end it myself with my own weirdness. So again, Will, thanks for coming to my show. Absolutely. I had a pleasure. good time. I had and, a good time. And um, I will talk to you later. Okay, buddy? Fantastic. Thank you. Okay.